0: This is Brian Wampler with another episode of the Chasing Tone Podcast, the podcast about guitars, amps, effects, as well as a healthy dose of interesting off-topic discussions. Joining me today back again is Blake Wyland from the Guitar-Centered Podcast called The Tone Mob, and Richard Oliver, Wampler's own quote-unquote man of many hats, longtime tone chaser, and oftentimes the voice of the words that you read on our social media. Hey, guys, how's it going?
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) We're ready to go. I'm
2: not quite as excited as Blake, but I'm sort of excited.
1: I'm excited. I'm
2: pumped.
0: Did anybody break a guitar this week? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I sure would like to. I sure would like to.
0: Anybody been on Saturday Night Live and decided to break a guitar? <laughs> Just curious. I, did I, I heard something. there was uh,
1: somebody that did
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say it. I think that was... Um, not the best breaking of a guitar I've ever seen. It was a little mild. I mean, your mild. your
2: breaking of a guitar is probably more famous I, right now.
0: Um, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I definitely broke that... <laughs> broke that guitar better than in, than the, what I saw on Saturday Night Live. Not, so let's, let me, I'm not calling anybody a, <laughs> a... That's what I'm saying. Except for the guitar. That damn thing.
2: I feel that's going to need to some, uh, some editing there, bro. Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I think. Cut. <laughs> Let's try that again. So what I'm saying is that I broke that guitar better than what I saw on Saturday Night Live. How about that?
1: Yeah, so it's really funny that this is like, I think this is honestly hilarious that this turned into a controversy. like.
0: <laughs> Well, Trump's not in office. We got to argue about something. (laughs) That's right.
1: Uh, All of a sudden, all these old guys are like, I can't believe. I can't believe she would do that to such a sacred instrument. I can't believe. And I'm like, "Um, you probably worship at the altar of Hendrix, who liked. Lights them on fire. Or lit yeah, but you're fire. missing
2: the point, Blake. Hendrix was well prepared. He bought the lighter fluid. He had the matches. He made sure he destroyed that guitar. You know, Phoebe tried hard and respect because I think it was a bolt on neck. So It was as a Dan Electro. That's going to be hard to break, right? Especially but on a speaker. Preparation.
0: <laughs> that's what it,
1: what it
2: requires. Loose,
0: loosen up the screws beforehand. That's right
2: i'm pretty sure i saw pete townsend do a real mean number on a guitar once where it was swinging around by the strings by the end of it but he was kind of a violent dude on on the guitar uh i've got to give her props for for the action nothing wrong with it anyone complaining about it needs to check their history books but you need to commit and in this day and age why didn't she just bring a wood chipper on the side of the stage? It Which would have would been be sick,
1: honestly. <laughs> Way more impressive
2: the wood chipper. if she'd have just gone, hold on a minute, and just straight into the wood chipper all over the audience. But I'm sure I saw explosions come off her floor monitor when yeah. she hit it.
1: Yeah, that, was definitely, that was definitely a uh, thought now, out beforehand.
2: Yeah. Out of the three of us, I'm probably uh, not the most technically gifted, but I'm pretty sure that if you hit the corner of a floor monitor, it doesn't spark and explode.
0: Brian? Well, see, here's what I was thinking. I don't know if you guys uh, have ever, maybe they don't have it in the UK, but in America, on 4th of July, which is when we celebrate Independence Day, there's these little snaps that we give kids and you can throw them on the ground and they pop and that sort of thing. I was thinking maybe there was like a tray of those on top of the monitor and she hit it and that's what created the sparks. I mean, she didn't hit anything electronic there. Right. She so hit a piece of wood <laughs> against a piece of wood. Right. So I'm not quite sure what's going to spark. Um, it looked like a firecracker to me. It looked looked yeah. It looked like a little little bit, little bit planned there, just a little bit.
2: I know a little yeah. bit about your American uh, fireworks. I was there on Fourth of July once, and we took some m80s which i believe mm-hmm, are a quarter of a stick of dynamite or equivalent and i'm pretty sure we let one off uh in a tunnel in new york i think it was roosevelt tunnel maybe um allegedly yeah allegedly yeah. <laughs> allegedly 20 years ago imagine doing that in 9 11 for real uh, or post 9 yeah. 11 for real you know that's Wait, uh,
1: did, you, did you do 9 11 no What's no going
2: no, on no, no 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 i'm saying Before 9-11, most definitely uh, things were laxer when it came to things like that, allegedly. Uh, Um, But yeah, I'm familiar with your fireworks. Oh man, I dug myself a big hole.
0: Rumor rumor is, around these parts here in Indiana, um, when kids were in high school in the 80s and 90s, they used to put those in mailboxes for fun.
2: Yeah, now that's, that's, the rumor. that's a rumor that my cousin also allegedly may have been arrested for at some point. Um, we don't have yeah. fireworks like that. I mean, we we're getting more and more uh, ridiculous fireworks now, but uh, yeah, we've um, we've not got those. But that that was an interesting performance. Now, I know, Brian, you're not a huge fan of uh, Phoebe's music. I I well, don't mind it actually. I so, quite enjoyed it.
0: I'm just not, a, yeah, it's it's nothing personal. Like, I think it's, I think what she's doing is amazing. I just, I'm not a fan of the music, you know? I mean, but there's a lot of artists that I'm not really generally a fan of their music, but I think they're cool people, you know? So, I I, mean, it, I, you I, you know, know, I am not too much stock in that.
1: And I really like Phoebe's music. So it's like, you know, I'm not like, I don't know the, ex, like the deep depths of her catalog, but everything I listened to, I'm like, including that song, I was like, Oh, this is this is up my alley. I like
0: I like this yeah, stuff. It's, yeah, it's not a ACDC. It's <laughs> not it's not dad rock, and are you it's, sure? there are no there are no G strings that are bending and into uh, steel like patterns. You know, steel guitar like <laughs> patterns. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, to me, like I'm a huge fan of Government Mule. That's my jam. The stuff like that, just very riffy rock, dad rock. Others might say. Um and, and I also and, am a gigantic fan of 80s rock as well.
2: There's nothing wrong with that. Um each to to their own. Uh, I I keep it diverse. Going back to her performance, at the end she walked over to the drum kit. I was like, "Kick it. Kick it in the amp And she didn't. <laughs> and, and that disappointed me. So, you know, out of 10, I'm going to give her a solid 6 for making the effort, but and and I I take on your point, Blake, it's hard to destroy a guitar. Uh, but she should have at least kicked the drum kit uh, and and that fender amp at
0: the back, my goodness, man <laughs> David Crosby he is uh, whew, I'm just seeing these tweets now because I've never, ever <laughs> ever use Twitter. um, yes, you do every day, Brian. Well, it's not me pers- me, honestly pers- me personally, I don't use Twitter. The company does, but I don't um wow, yeah, he's a uh, he's pissed. he's yeah. like I he mean, just Crosby, seems angry.
1: It, oh, my it gosh. Doesn't, it doesn't matter what ha- happens in music. If you go to David Crosby's Twitter, he always has the old man yells at cloud take. Yes. <laughs> That's
0: exactly what it comes across. <laughs> Every that. time. It, I mean, it's, in this picture, it needs to have him holding his fist up y- looking at the sky. You mm-hmm. know,
1: it doesn't, um, it doesn't matter what, even if it's slightly like to me, this isn't controversial at all. It's like, OK, <laughs> she smashed a guitar. I think Machine Gun Kelly did it last week. Who cares? Like it's you know whatever why are why are we even like why is this even a topic I don't don't understand the controversy at all but it's the same thing when Ryan Burke smashed a guitar on his YouTube channel he got the same comments like you should have donated it to a kid I smashed a guitar on Instagram that was this garbage acoustic guitar that literally it was like a five dollar garage you know, garage uh, sale find, same thing. A child would have really enjoyed playing that. No, they wouldn't because it was unplayable. <laughs>
0: so, so I have a question. Did everyone forget when Gibson took a bulldozer over, I don't even know how many guitars. <laughs> yeah. Like tons and tons of guitars. Be pissed about that. Right. That I were mean, probably be... playable and nice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I swear people are looking for something to be mad about.
2: I think you've hit the nail on the head there.
1: Um, 100%. Mhm. But anyway, yeah, David Crosby, chill, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. Get I will it. say that I will say that Phoebe did have some good comebacks to him. At one <laughs> yes, point, calling him a whiny bitch. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> And, one, one, the, one
1: of the other funny things I saw when people were kind of having your take, Brian, like, come on, you didn't smash it good enough. She said she contacted Dan Electro and they were like, <laughs> they, good luck. It's going to be hard to break. <laughs> right? They, they
0: actually said, these are pretty hard to break, actually. yeah, You should, you should start with a different guitar to break. <laughs> she,
2: she did her rehearsals with a Telecaster and it lasted an hour and a half and she gave up. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is breaking this. Nothing.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah, I tried to smash a a, a, a semi broken like the neck was split in half, but we kind of glued it back together haphazardly. When mm-hmm. in my youth, I tried to smash one for a show, and it was an Epiphone, and oh. and uh, I did get the job done, but it was a it was a, I was had to really go. I mean, I was swinging it at a rock, and it barely would ding it. I really had to whew. breaking a guitar is not easy, everybody. No, select I mean, your, select your instruments. I,
0: I have, besides my Stratocaster that I broke the neck on accidentally, um, I also have broken another guitar in my lifetime. Um, I was younger and I had a cheap acoustic and my, I, I'm, when I say younger, I was like eight or nine and my brother uh, was, I don't know, making fun of me in some way. And so I hit him with my acoustic guitar. <laughs> I got in trouble for that, by the way, and I did destroy the guitar. I hit his hit his butt. So, acoustics are the story now. Yeah, (laughs) acoustics are significantly easier
2: to destroy. A little bit easier, yeah. I, you know, I I am sort of uh, an electric player from from the start, and I picked up the acoustic a bit later in life, um, and didn't really make that transition to the delicacy uh, as much as I should have done when in an argument I kind of slammed it down and totally split the wood around the outside <laughs> of it so yeah she should have she should have done the acoustic number i did feel it was a little mean though because you know again w- when hendrix and towns and etc smashed their guitars they had just performed some rip roaring solos and you could see her other guitarist behind her with like a gold top Les Paul, like I'm not smashing this. Go away! <laughs> I'm I'm rip roaring, but don't let me smash my gold top. <laughs> right,
0: right. Someone hand me the cheap Les Paul copy, quick. <laughs> and also well, the
2: song she did first, I think uh, Kyoto. She was playing what looked like a BC Rich Warlock or or something along those lines. I yep, think it might have yep. been a Kramer or something.
1: No, it was a it was a BC Rich.
2: Okay, now that would have made. A much better guitar to smash because of all the silly prongs and spiky bits.
1: Maybe. I I don't know. I think any solid body. Health and safety is going to be a a tough thing to do if it's not prepared beforehand.
0: I mean, it's a bit like taking a wooden baseball bat and hitting something solid. I don't know if if you guys have ever done that. Oh, yeah. It hurts. Yeah. It doesn't really hurts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, uh,
1: what was really surprising to me was like, I heard about this happening and I seen the clips of her smashing it. And I was like, well, I really need to watch the full performance. And when it started, I was like, this is the song. I was like, oh, she's going to smash a guitar to this song. I actually thought that that song was uh, did an incredible job of building to the point where it was a guitar smashing song because it started out so mellow and chill. And I was like, "She's gonna smash a guitar to this song? I don't understand." And then as it got, went on, I was like, "Ah, I see." Now, now it gets the to anger that comes. Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, this is cool. This is, and that's why I like her music. She, she does cool things like that."
2: No, if if nothing else, she smashed it in tune. Uh, it was definitely in the right key for the song. So yeah, we we give her a solid six out of ten. But that wasn't the only uh, televised guitar thing last week that took the nope. news. There was also the Super Bowl, where um. I guess, and I've never heard it, it referred, you refer to her as H-E-R by the uh, by the um, full stops um, with an awesome Stratocaster that obviously, for COVID reasons, wasn't being played live. But that looked very nice on camera.
1: Yeah, she's got that signature. And I, admittedly, I'm not super familiar with her music, but... I've I've been seeing that signature Strat floating around the internet for a while and I'm like, I think I need to get familiar because that thing looks so good. And I'm not even a Strat guy. I mean, it's one of
2: those where it looked nice in photo, but when you got to see it move and you got to see how the light played off it, then I was like, yeah, that is actually a really nice guitar. Unfortunately, the headstock matches the body and and I don't do that. You don't like that. Come on. No.
1: Come on. That's the best thing about it.
0: I mean, in my opinion, both of the both of these things are perfect marketing um, opportunities in a way. Oh yeah. Because I mean, I'll be honest; I really didn't know much about Phoebe before this, and now I do. You know, I was mm-hmm. listen. I, I I mean, I really had never heard anything from her, and I went and listened to some stuff, and you know.
1: I, I, Gave her I some then, streams.
0: Yeah, but for eighty five bucks or whatever that they said that guitar cost, that was pretty good marketing dollars spent. You know, Excellent. it was good for Dan yeah.
1: Electro too. I've, yeah, know, oh, I yeah,
0: that's like, what I mean. Yeah, for Dan Electro, I mean it's it's huge.
1: I'm like, I kind of want a Dan Electro baritone, <laughs> not to smash, but to own and to cherish and to strum. St- st- strum.
0: I love. Yeah.
2: I love you were about to say so stroke, much. weren't you? You, were so, you, you? you just want the
0: guitar to stroke because you're a bit weird like that, isn't it? Hey, if right, Billy Blake? Squire can do it, Blake can do it.
1: <clears throat> this is America. I can do what I want.
0: <laughs> and that's uh, that's all I got for this week. Thanks, guys.
1: <laughs> Wait, we didn't talk about the bone guitar.
0: <laughs> I'm we didn't talk kid. about the bones guitar. This, there's I've all been, kinds of stuff going on. I've been so
1: excited to talk about this because it's... So weird. We haven't <laughs> had anything this weird. To talk about. <laughs> yeah, that
2: is weird. Uh, it was his uncle's skeleton.
1: Yeah, let's maybe back up a little bit. So basically, a guy in Greece. This was. Uh, it was announced last week. He made a electric guitar out of his uncle's torso skeleton, and by making an electric guitar, uh, electric guitar out of that, basically, his uncle. Donated his body to science and they rendered his skeleton for use in colleges and the college apparently had no more use for his skeleton and after like they 20 were,
0: years or something yeah, yeah, after
1: 20 years of teaching or whatever. And they they kept it in a box somewhere. So this guy was trying to get his uncle's skeleton who this uncle supposedly introduced this this guy to metal and he finally got a hold of it and he was like, well, what do I do with it now? Uh, Because I guess cremation is not a great thing in Greece, according to this article. And uh, he decided to make a Telecaster out of him. So he basically bolted a neck to the spine and bolted a pickup, you know, know, kind of like just above his pelvis and put the controls on his hip bone. And he's a guitar now. He claims that he plays great. I doubt that very much by looking at it. It looks like it plays maybe it plays. I don't know. It doesn't look like it would play great to me.
0: Well I've heard of Tone Woods. <laughs> tone bones. bone this is Bonewood.
2: I'm not a luthier by trade. Uh my attempts at pass casters uh, parts casters, sorry, put my teeth in. Um will attest to that. But I don't think a rib cage and a hip bone will be very ergonomically pleasing to hold and play. Um, I may be completely wrong, but uh, I don't see it myself.
1: Yeah, I mean, I also was kind of surprised that he went with the telly pickup. I would have thought. You know, if this was a supposed to be a metal thing, it would have been an EMG active. Surely. Yeah, an EMG. Yeah. yeah,
0: with some active electronics in that mug. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking.
1: But hey, you know, he says it's what his uncle would have really wanted, and uh, you know, who am I to argue with it at the end of the day?
0: Well, there's John Five. He plays a Telecaster, right?
1: Yeah, but I think doesn't he usually have humbuckers in it?
0: Well, now you're just splitting hairs. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, Jim Root, Jim Root from Slipknot. He plays. Yeah, uh, he R- plays R- Jazzmasters and Telecasters mm-hmm. with EMGs, mm-hmm. which I used to really hate on. But the more as I've gotten a little bit older, I'm like, actually, that looks really cool aesthetically. I used to not like mm. it, but now I'm like, mm, all flat black. Yeah, the Jazzmaster offset. It looks. Yeah. It looks killer.
0: I'm um. not a fan of of EMGs in an a tele. I'm just not I'm not a fan of EMGs actually
1: I'm not a big EMG fan I'm just more talking aesthetically it looks cool
0: we'll be right back is real music dying? what even is real music? and who are we to judge that? well my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade in our new podcast we dare to ask the urgent the weird and the deep questions and we have a lot of wild stories to tell No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Yeah, no, I'm 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 totally with you. I, I did nearly get an EMG. I, th- I think uh, oh, do they make a David Gilmore pick guard? I think they probably do. So uh, <laughs> I, I nearly got that in, and then thought, nah, um, I don't want to have a battery in my guitar. That's basically <laughs> where where it ended. I was like, nope, can't can't be playing with that. But yeah, that that was a crazy story. Um, he. You know, back to the grading. He gets an eleven out of ten for for metal for that. Um, yes, for that idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh,
1: definitely very metal. Well, I'm, actually, I'm going to go. I'm going to go nine point five because it should have been a humbucker. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fair. Fair. <laughs> but it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting piece. What do you now? Hypothetically, and I know this guy's not going to do this, but hypothetically, if you were to try to flip that on
0: reverb. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that that you'd have any takers? Oh, I'm sure somebody somewhere would buy it. What do you know? think
1: the the reverb uh selling price history would <laughs> would show for rib cage guitar?
0: Um that's a good question. I I I uh I think this is a first. I don't think I don't recall seeing another skeleton with strings and pickups on it before.
1: No, me either. Not a oh. real one. I wonder if you could
2: play the uh, the rib cage a bit like a washboard. I wonder if the pickups would pick that up. <laughs> you could kind of do some of that fancy acoustic stuff on an electric, where you kind of hit it about a bit. I mean, that that would look weird, but yeah, maybe it works.
1: You know, maybe that's what he was doing this whole time. He was actually setting it up with a tele pickup so he could do Mumford and Sons covers exactly. and shout "Hey" every once yeah. in a while.
0: I actually just remembered that George Lynch had a skeleton guitar. It wasn't a skeleton like this, but it you know, like graphically looked like a skeleton. So maybe George Lynch would be interested in buying something like this. That's true, you know, a real legit.
1: And, and, and you know, you know what they say, guys. Tone is in the bones. That's what they say. <laughs> They've always said it. It's true. You know, when they're like, you can feel it in your bones.
0: Right. Yeah. You yeah. definitely can feel it in in these bones
2: it's reminded me actually a little bit of um i was just thinking of like ridiculously stupid guitar designs um not that this was ridiculously stupid very metal but i remember um alice cooper's guitar and it it might have been kip winger i don't know used to play with like a machine gun it was a machine gun with strings on it
1: and that was terrible
2: that was one of the worst-looking guitars I have ever seen. But as a kid, I wanted it. Have no doubt.
0: Of course, you did. I, don't I don't remember wonder. trying to find it. Kip Winger had a machine gun guitar. I, th- I think so. I'm I'm not sure whether it was Kip Winger. I'm
2: very foggy memory on this, but uh, definitely Alice Cooper band, circa gonna say 86, 87 maybe,
0: maybe a bit later. Um,
2: Kind of I remember seeing
0: era. like a machine gun guitar meme type thing. I'm trying to, trying to find Th- This it.
1: looked
2: awful. I mean, this was... I mean, not- they,
1: you can still buy a machine gun guitar. It's like modeled after an AK-47, but that's not well, I know what you're talking about. I've seen a yeah, picture of this. this was yeah, like, It's
0: Alice Cooper. It is Alice Cooper.
1: It
2: was modeled after like a cross between an M60 and a Barrett mm-hmm. rifle or something. It was crazy. <laughs> Probably the sort of thing that Brian runs around with in Call of Duty. Although, uh, <laughs> of course, all of Brian's guns are spray painted pink, which Heck makes yeah. him really easy to spot. I'm just going to tell you.
0: Yeah, but it looks so damn cool whenever, like, you get shot. and Because, you know, how, or whenever you shoot someone and they, like, watch the replay of it or whatever, you know, they're like, that's a cool-ass gun. I'm you know definitely
2: uh, not telling our listeners what you like to do when you kill someone, but <laughs> but it's it's mean and it's illegal in
0: 13 states.
1: <laughs> but not Indiana. <laughs> anything goes in Indiana.
0: Does it have anything to do with squatting over them? May, <laughs> maybe. maybe. That definitely sounds
1: illegal it's definitely illegal in oregon that's for sure
0: <laughs> bags of tea i don't know i don't know <laughs> you've given the game away now brian i know i know I know. but you yeah, haven't had a chance to play a,
2: a huge amount at call of duty because of your ongoing renovations to your entire estate by the sound uh... of it
0: I pretty much am camping at this point. The entire house is tore apart. I'm living in a bedroom. All of our stuff is in another bedroom. And the rest of the house is completely tore up. I did get I did get the walls painted, though, this past weekend.
2: Progress. Yeah. And I understand you managed to get your um, insurance company to pick up your kitchen cabinets.
0: They did. The insurance company picked up uh, some of the kitchen repairs.
2: So I do hope that you told them uh, that every one of your cabinet was handcrafted out of the Paul Reed Smith wood library. (laughs) (laughs) Every one was a ten top at least.
1: That's uh,
0: right. These are exotic woods on these things. Yeah. I want my (laughs)
1: cabinets to have good tone. It's necessary for my job.
0: That's right. Don't even mock. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, at this point, so I'm basically working 18 to 19 hours a day. So part of that is doing pedal stuff, and then I've been cutting off, I don't know, five or six o'clock, and then working until about midnight or one on the house, right? Which means that I haven't had a chance to do any YouTube videos. I haven't had a chance to really do anything outside of just keeping stuff running. Which kind of sucks, actually. I really need to do more YouTube videos.
2: We've got some good videos coming up, though, uh brother. Some good things happening. Uh, Mm -hmm. We've definitely uh, already know that something's happening soon. That's all I can say.
1: Something is happening soon. No way.
2: Something is happening somewhere, probably soon.
0: I think that's just hearsay. Nothing's happening anywhere.
2: No, that's very true. Um, <laughs> so I, I was listening to a really interesting uh, podcast the other day about the um, the English music producer Joe Meek, and um, mm. <clears throat> if you've not heard of him, the easiest way to sum him up: the English Phil Spector. Um, mm-hmm. He he was handed a tape of the Beatles, threw it in the bin, and said rock music was was going out of fashion. Um, he f- most famous hit was a instrumental track called tail star by the tornadoes which back in 62 63 was sort of a number one i think he was the first person to have a number one on on both continents i'm not sure um but he was an absolute bona fide madman um a genius with it he you know he would spend hours recording all kinds of crazy noises including graveyards um where He alleges to have recorded a cat saying, help me. I've heard the recording. The cat is plainly just saying meow. Um, (laughs) But, you know, he he was a real pioneer. Um, But the the thing that was uh, quite freaky is he met Buddy Holly and he told Buddy Holly that he was going to die on, uh, I think it was February the 3rd. Um, And Buddy Holly didn't die that year on February the 3rd, but the following year he did. Uh, And that just made me think that guy was, yeah, operating on a different planet. But hugely
0: interesting guy, complete nutter. So I, okay, I'll be honest. I did not know anything about Joe Meek, the producer. Uh, I was just reading through the wiki and found out that he basically killed his wife and committed suicide. Didn't know that. So he really is
1: like the English Phil Spector. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Absolute
2: nut job.
1: All the way through. So is, like he. So, I was gonna make a joke about about like well, so did he kill someone like Phil Spector? Uh, yeah, apparently he, he, he killed did.
2: his landlady. Um, uh, oh, and, is that what it was? Yeah, okay. his land his landlady and okay. and himself. Um, I I don't think he was married. Um, he he possibly uh, was uh, in a number of relationships, but yeah, so, he he's very. F- famous though uh for i mean if you buy i think um the, the like the default settings on pro tools the the default plugins you get include the meek equalizer, which is a joe meek inspired equalizer uh, a couple of his kind of um inspired reverb type units so he he's got a legacy that you should definitely be aware of but uh yeah absolute so natural. how did do, how does
0: Joe Meek, the producer, relate to Joe Meek, the guitar or gear builder. Huh?
2: He wasn't uh, yeah. a gear builder,
0: was he? Well, there's Joe Meek pedals and software and stuff. Yeah. I
2: that don't way. know how they relate.
0: I I haven't gone that far into but it. That, it. You, you that co- is the only Joe Meek that I knew prior to five minutes ago. Uh. Huh? So I was, I was trying to figure out like, okay, so he died in the 60s or whatever. How uh, how did the gear company come about? I see. This is where we need Josh Scott because he would probably yeah. know everything about this. And uh, I'm not a I'm not much on the history side of the gear world. No, you know, so I was I,
1: I was thinking the same thing. I I'm trying to figure out. I knew of both, but I and I assumed they were related.
2: And I, literally, so so did I. And I might be wrong and have made a complete schoolboy error. But I'm going to go with what I thought anyway.
1: <laughs> oh wait, here we go. I'm, I'm on the uh, borderline uh, geospaces website that they have um, <laughs> about Joe Meek. Uh, why all about the man named Joe Meek? Okay, so it is sort of related. Here are some links to on the on Joe Meek you might find interesting. They offer some history on the man, so I think they are related in some way. Although I don't know. Yeah, this is a pretty long page for me to just I can't find anything about read it. Read right now. Um, they are related somehow. I don't know if it's official or not or if it's inspired by or if it genuinely is like a spin-off of that I don't know. I'll have to read through that page. It's it's pretty long. They are related somehow in some way.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't see much about it.
2: I mean, it just seems like an odd name to pick for your brand. <laughs> if, if it's not related, right? It's like it could, me releasing I mean, it the could Phil Spector range of compressors.
1: <laughs> it could be just somebody trying to capitalize uh, I mean, on the name.
0: I mean, it says the pedals were dreamed up in a Devonshire home of preeminent audio designer Alan Bradford. So, but that's within a large article. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Uh, this is what people want to hear: us frantically researching, yeah, us frantically forward. using our, uh, <laughs> uh,
2: our our phone. I mean, I'm going to go with it, it is related, uh, and I'm going to give myself a ten out of ten for research.
0: <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> I can't, it, this makes no this makes no sense. Uh, the pedals are trained dre- by Alan Bradford. He started as a kid building synthesizers in the '70s. He also made guitars and effects. Basically, nothing about Joe Meek mentioned at all. Well, here, no, he has what, just... a,
1: what in the world there's multiple <laughs> things going on because i'm on JoeMeek.com, which is showing 500 series units and, and other things i oh there's the pedals there's the pedals okay never mind
0: Yeah, a lot of them have probably been discontinued by now but uh i and remember 10 15 years ago they're I, really popular
2: i'm guessing they're not related other than there may be a tribute because he was very famous for some of the techniques he used for recording um he definitely pioneered a few uh techniques uh and again my in-depth research will now list all of those off brian just cut that in yeah afterwards right <laughs>
0: yeah yeah. i'm just wondering so does this mean i can start a line called dan huff pedals or something sure. like that yeah. Why I mean, not? you know one of my favorite producers in nashville it has nothing to do with uh the designs but i like the name i mean yeah it sounds so- great
1: it sounds great. I think that's a great idea. I'm just oh. going to start Dave Cobb pedals because I really like all <laughs> right. the production work he's done with Jason Isbell. So there you
0: go. That's <laughs> that's one way to do it.
2: So that was the the first weird internet story that came my way this week. The second one got me on a personal level, and it was really quite amusing. So, um, it's it, you know quite often when I talk to people from over the pond, you know my my good American cousins often. The joke is do you know the queen when well, i clearly i don't know any <laughs> royal family but i know somebody who is even better than that apparently because and this is a long long stretch here um my uh my wife's dad's cousin so my wife's first cousin once removed was one of benny hill's um angels uh which i sort of knew about in the back of my head but what freaked me out this week is I found a song from a group called The Interceptors called The Benny Hill Boogie, which was literally a tribute to uh, Anna's um, Anna's dad's cousin. Uh, it, it's hmm. all about Jenny Lee Wright, which is uh, her name. Um, and yeah, I was like, that's amazing. I've just found a song released in the 80s by a punk band about somebody I'm vaguely related to. So... Uh, <laughs> I, I feel famous by uh, by proxy now.
1: You are famous, Richard. You're famous <laughs> on your Infamous. in your own right. Don't let the, anyone tell you otherwise.
0: A legend in my own lunchtime. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, I know you like to build websites and stuff. You know, for fun and free, mostly, all the time for right? free. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, you might uh, you might contact the good folks at JoeMeek.com <laughs> and uh, say hello. I would uh, I would like to bring you up to the 2020s.
1: Or, or, the like, and or
0: into the 2000s yeah. <laughs> right.
2: i don't know I, I i feel kind of nostalgia when i see a, a website that hasn't been updated for six or seven or or 17 years uh <laughs> i, I kind of like them i let them i let them pass
1: we'll be right back did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear So now to go back to what you were talking about before, Richard, am I, am I, is my age showing that like, I know who Benny Hill is, but I don't know who the Benny Hill angels are. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is either, mm-hmm. but I, I do not want to seem so, stupid. <laughs> no, uh,
2: it, it, it is something we're trying to forget in this country, but <laughs> back in the very early eighties, late 1970s for comedy, uh, it was acceptable to get like a dozen scantily clad women and have them chase somebody on speeded camera footage. And that passed as highbrow comedy over here. So oh, okay. the okay. the troop of young ladies that would bounce around after him were, uh, no pun intended, um, uh, known as Benny Hills Angels or Hills Angels I think a, a pun on the Hills Angels Ah,
1: oh, um, okay and
2: okay yeah anna's gotcha. uh, anna's um dad's cousin was was one of those which yeah it, it blew my mind when i found that out i'm not going to lie but then just seeing this song randomly linked and it's quite good because it uses uh the, the music from the Benny Hill show yakety sax uh to good effect uh, so uh, i yeah, a prime piece of English culture right there in a three-minute perfect punk pop song.
1: What's the What's the name of the band? I think they're called the Highliners. Um, Highliners,
2: okay. Yeah, it, it's it's really rare. Like you'll, um, yeah, uh, nineteen
0: eighty
2: nine, the Benny Hill Boogie by the Highliners. Um, it, again, it was like a novelty punk pop song. Uh, but that made extensive reference to somebody I'm vaguely related to. That's never <laughs> happened to me before. Probably won't happen again.
1: Never say never. Right. There's I might time. write a song about your, you know, mom's cousin's best friend or something. I don't know. Why not? Uh, there have is Meta. She's
2: terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Perfect. I'll make it a terrible song then. That should be easy.
2: So anyway, they were the two weird internet moments I had this week on my uh, trolls across the web.
1: Very cool. Very well, the cool. ones I can talk I, about anyway. I haven't had too much personal happen personally happen. Uh, I've just been kind of hunkered dra- down trying to finish this weirdo record, and I've uh, I I'm not going to make my deadline. I, I guess I should say that you
2: need someone like Joe Meek.
1: I no, I don't. Um, <laughs> uh, no, literally fifty percent of his records were about vampires or aliens. Oh well, maybe I do then. I just you know from afar. I don't want him to murder me or or anything. <laughs> or his ghost. Yeah, or his ghost. I don't want. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I'll stand yeah, I'm, him down. I, I'm out doing field recordings and stuff for this thing now. I'm 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 really getting weird with it. So maybe I'll go to a graveyard and try to get a cat to say whatever something. Help me. me. Help me. <laughs> If I do, are, you'll be the first Are you around. really doing
2: field re- recordings, though? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's
2: it. I mean, that actually segues really smoothly into the aforementioned Jenny Lee Wright, because she then went on after Benny Hill to become a Foley artist and has produced oh. sound effects for films uh, like some of the more modern James Bond films. And in the past, I did some sound effects. So it brings me straight back to your field recording. What have you been recording? Crickets? Frogs?
1: I um, recorded walking. I recorded a guy getting arrested. Um, oh, that's cool. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, you can't hear. Exa- it's kind of cool because you can't hear exactly what's going on. Perfect. But you do hear the the officer say, do you have anything sharp on you that I need to know about? And like some other things like it's clearly somebody getting arrested. Um, I've I've recorded. I've pulled some footage uh, from a few obscure places as well. Or not footage, but audio Um, there's a Russian, uh, I think they called them cosmonauts back in the day. Maybe they still do who back when the Russian space program first started, they were, you know, they were racing against us and we were, you know, everyone was just gung ho to try to get to space first. And the people in charge at the time basically put together a rocket that the pilot knew wasn't safe. Um, but he they basically forced him to go up or it was going to be his uh, his second in command or whatever, who was his best friend. So he said, I guess I'm going to go up and die because um, I know this rocket isn't safe. And there's a recording of him basically chewing out the engineers as the rockets going down. And I've pulled that audio, which is kind of weird. Oh, wow. But, yeah. So it fits the theme. Um but, yeah, that, it's like he, he was based – I don't know. I don't speak Russian, so I don't know exactly what he was saying. But, yeah, he was essentially from what the translation people are telling me, he's chewing out the engineers being like, thanks for making this crappy rocket that I'm going to go die – or that I'm dying in now. Thanks for that, everybody.
0: So, Wow, that's a, that's a little dark, Blake. Uh, the whole thing's dark.
1: <laughs> you heard a track, Brian. How are you surprised? <laughs> <sighs> Well, not that the whole true. thing. There's some pretty moments, but, you know, it fits with my twisted personality. I can't wait to hear the finish. I mean, that that is
2: pretty cool. Finding, you know, weird samples was something I used to love doing as a kid um, because it was a bit newer for me then. Now, I, I always end up with something cheesy. So finding something like that is awesome. I think that's – uh, I can't wait to hear it, man.
1: Yeah, it's I, – I, I... Finding a way to weave it together with everything is going to be interesting. Hopefully, I can make something cohesive that's not too
2: Two words. random
1: and jarring. That's kind of the point. I mean, any more than the music already is, but. Uh,
2: Two words, well, a- auto tune and reverb. Job done.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, that all that to say is like, I'm not going to hit my deadline. The music is all basically done, but the way I want to assemble this into one. Unit has changed significantly. We're taking so. back
2: our advance off you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to make any money off of this.
0: <laughs> so, um, kind of pivoting a little bit smoothly, like always. Of course, I, uh, I don't. I, I know that we talked about TikTok every now and then, and I know that we've also found out that uh, you know perhaps there was some nefarious parts about it perhaps Mm -hmm. do you know if that got changed or not do you know if it is safer to use
1: supposedly they say it is but you know that depends on how much you believe the chinese government
0: i gotta be honest i actually um i kind of love it you know because there's a lot so my my whole feed is all guitar crap right um and there's a, a lot of people putting out some really good content, and it's quick too. It's uh, it's still just as addicting, I think. But I'm noticing, like for example, I noticed that JHS has jumped back into it and it's now doing content. Um, and there's a lot of like lessony type stuff that I really enjoy because it's you know it it's one minute of learning something rather than like a twenty minute video. I've um. I don't, I've been really contemplating like, what am I going to do on TikTok? I'm like, what's and why did they, that's a dumb name. That's so stupid. But, um, <laughs> but, but I do like the idea of it. And uh, I equally have come to decide that I am basically not going to personally use Facebook at all outside of groups. No Interesting. more. Interesting. Why? Done done totally um, done i'm done with the personal side of like uh, on my personal page i'm not yeah i'm not posting what i'm doing at all on there anymore so just just interacting in groups um a, a lot of it really the, the, there of course is the um the the data collection that we all know about gigantic amounts of data collection and also it just seems like a lot of people have kind of stopped using facebook and those that haven't not And I'm generalizing completely, so there's exceptions. But um, even outside of guitar communities, a lot of people just seem like they want to argue, and it makes me feel bad. Makes me feel icky. I don't like Mm. it. Um, So
2: lockdown fevers hit us all a bit. I think I was talking to um, Andy Wood last night, uh, and and he was talking about. one of the sort of pioneers of the guitar gear world who literally just cancelled his Instagram account. I don't want to go into the details because it just kind of hit maximum burnout. So this isn't something completely untowards. I've definitely seen it happening a bit. But I agree with you, you know, the value in Facebook other than just Comedy memes, which is basically what I try to stick to on my personal page, uh, it, it is in the groups because the groups work really well, much better than forums, I find, because of the instant response factor and all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I
0: hear you, man. And and even uh, Instagram Reels, just it doesn't hit the same as TikTok, for whatever reason. My Instagram Reels just are not; they're not as entertaining. I
1: mean, you're not alone in the. Like, abandoning certain portions of the social media. I mean, Mateus Asato, uh, incredible guitar player. Oh, yeah. Who who largely came up on, on Instagram before he started, you know, playing with uh, different bands and doing his own solo thing. I mean, I saw him play live at Nam. I was just like, this guy is mind-blowingly good. Oh, he yeah. just deleted his whole Instagram.
2: Yeah, that's who I was referring to, actually. Oh, right. it was? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I
1: thought maybe it was somebody else, but no, yeah, it, uh, yeah,
2: and and you know, Andy, I I wasn't as familiar with him as, as you clearly are, and Andy was sort of explaining to me the the mechanics behind what happened and the knock on effect, and it is, I mean, ultimately, social media becomes an echo chamber, and those that shout loudest and and often meanest get heard the most, and and it's a shame because you don't want to get drowned out by that stuff.
1: Yeah, I've uh. I don't know, and this could change over the years, but I've gotten pretty numb to trolls. It used to really affect me when somebody would come on and be like, bah, 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 and now I'm just kind of like, Sorry. you know? i try not to do it again. Yeah, it was you the whole time, wasn't it? <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it kind of shifted, my perspective shifted on it. I'm like, wow, this person has nothing, like it used to make me mad, but now it's like, this person genuinely has nothing else going on. This, they decided that this was the best use of their time to -hmm. come on and try to make me feel bad. Like, who does that? Uh, Well, who does that is somebody who's probably hurting and probably coming from a bad place. And, you know, if, if you genuinely think that that is the best use of your limited time on this earth is to try to go make other people feel bad unnecessarily, well... You're probably. I probably should feel bad for you rather than getting mad at you. So I'll probably I, still get mad occasionally, but <laughs> my tune's shifted a little bit. I have a great recommendation
2: for you both. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Trollville on YouTube, look it up. Uh, it stars Henry Zebrowski from the last podcast. Okay. And he basically plays various flavors of internet trolls. And I watched the first couple of episodes. I was like, I've got to show this to Brian because he's had enough stick over the years from from trolls who have basically threatened every form of violence against his physical being (laughs) simply for suggesting that a TS-9 is not really that different from a TS-8. (laughs) Oh,
0: my God. (laughs) Who knew that that was something that would start a war?
2: How dare you? The great tube screamer war of 2020 still rages.
0: It's got more gain. How is that mathematically possible? It does it. It just does, does, okay no it does. 500k pot Mm-mm. 500k pot and 4.7 k and a 0.047 microfarad you know as your as your negative the feedback there so uh no it doesn't <laughs> I'm sorry it, I'm just sorry it doesn't the math works out you know you're wrong
2: and you know it wampler
0: you should kill yourself. You should kill. You're such a horrible person. I'll never buy one of your well, books. To be
2: again. fair, that is true. You are a horrible person. Um, uh, actually, I, I kicked myself. Uh, one of our uh, Tone Group members, Bill Ewing, uh, came up with the name Wamp Stamp for the tattoos we yes. were talking Lamp about stamp. last Lamp week. Wamp
1: Stamp. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about tattoos last week.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
1: Okay. I, I, I forgot about that. I was like, oh man, it was right there. Why did we oh, not see it? So Why did obvious, we not see we, it?
2: Brilliant.
0: Good work there, bro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I so I don't know if you uh you either of you well, I know Richard did, but Blake, so on I think it was a guitar pedals Facebook group. it's just called guitar pedals. Um what someone had posted about how they thought that a Timmy and a tube screamer were the same sort of circuit. So, I uh, I mean, me being me, I'm like, let's break this down a little bit. Get out the, uh, pull out circuitlab.com, which is a quick and dirty easy tool. And, uh, you know, draw out the schematics real quick. And I'm like, all right, so here's what's going on on each particular circuit. You could tell by the graphs, they're not exactly the same. You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed like, it, you know, folks really liked that. They liked me kind of going way down in the weeds and kind of dissecting both the Timmy Schematic and the Tube Screamer and comparing them together, or against each other, rather. And um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I should just stick to doing that and shut my mouth.
1: Mm. Mm. I mean, it is... That's the thing about the... First of all, like, I am not the biggest Tube Screamer fan. Uh, As far as, like, just a stock TS9, TS808. I mean, I see their uses, and I... I just, for me, the way I run my gear, generally those circuits aren't the best for me. Timmy's are great. So even just sonically, like, I can tell that they're different. Like, it's it's, and it's not like, it's not subtle. It's not like, ooh, this sounds slightly different. It's like, this is a completely different overdrive at the end of the day, sonically. Now, do they have some similarities? Yeah, you broke some of that down. And like, yeah, there's some things here and there, but they're not the same. Just
0: listen to them. <laughs> They're not the same. No. And I do... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little nerdy on you. I do find it funny. Not. not I guess funny isn't the right word. I, I find it interesting whenever someone will talk about one type of circuit that uses a non-inverting op amp, soft clipping, versus another type of pedal which uses that same building block. Doesn't mean it's a clone. It's just a building block. And they'll say that pedal one has clean blend, pedal two does not. Well, see, the thing is with the non-inverting op amp, you have a little bit of clean blend in there built into the math. That's just the way it works. So basically, if you're soft clipping like that and there's no other clipping going on, you're, you're going to have that clean blend. But the mid, the mid accentuation with the uh, Tube Screamer really kind of brings that out more than other circuits. But it's still there. It's still there across everything. And, um, and that's the nerd portion for this week.
1: Thank you. Thank you for that.
2: <laughs> but, I, I mean, the, the Tube Screamer was a great design. Uh yes. And, you know, we've we've talked about it at length, Brian and Blake, but um, it, it changed a lot in the guitar effects market when it came out. And there's a reason why it's been cloned and copied and, you know, modified and used as a springboard for various other designs because – the thinking behind it was almost completely different than a lot of the other overdrive thinking of the time. And, and mm-hmm. that has to be respected.
0: Definitely. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give so, someone like a big hint here. Uh, and some, surely someone, some inter an entrepreneurial type person will capitalize on this. You hear a lot of people say, I don't like the clean blend in my tube screamer. Here's how you fix it. Simply Put that same gain structure in an inverting op amp. That's it. Don't use a non-inverting. Use an inverting first ga- first stage. Then you'll get rid of that clean blend. So there you go. There's your next product idea. Okay, I'm, I'm just making notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so to far, be fair, I that is one box. of the things I don't really like about the tube screamer. So, <laughs> so
1: somebody make that and send me one, and I'll uh, I'll tell you what I think
0: it's fun i've breadboarded before it's it's a fun little thing it's, it's not, not magically f- different but it's- yeah it's i mean the tube stream is definitely
2: not my favorite overdrive but i love using it to add sustain uh to other overdrives because when you dial it right down uh in terms of gain but keep the levels high it's just basically a great sustainer pedal it's it, it does so much in that realm for me that's why i'll always keep one but i very rarely in fact if ever just use one on its own now
0: yeah, some people like to. I like to occasionally, depending. In a fender amp, it's just, it's just has this magic something with a telecaster. I, I actually love it like that. Crank it, fender amp. Like I'm talking like a deluxe reverb or something. Crank it up just a bit where it's just on the verge of breakup. It's just a magical tone. Now, it's not a metal tone by any stretch of the means, but it uh, I don't know, sounds good.
2: I almost good. think I heard that sort of sound of love when you said telecaster again it sounds like you've <laughs> fallen I, I, back in so, love with them
0: no I, I have to admit this uh this epiphone 335 changed my guitar playing life seriously and, and uh, this is not a knock against telecasters especially not a knock against the whitfields because i love the whitfields i just i wish charles would build me a 335 um but uh, it's this sounds so stupid to say it out loud but i've never said this out loud recently I actually enjoy playing guitar again. And not that I didn't before, but like it's it's kind of like starting again. Just because it plays so different, it sounds so different, pedals and amps react differently to it. It's it's uh I'm now coming back into uh, into my little room here and just playing for fun. I hadn't done that for quite a while, because you know, it's like a tool in my work. And now it's just, uh, I'll come in here and, I don't know, just play something because it feels so damn good to play. And That's why,
1: like, over the years, I know know it's largely been tongue-in-cheek, but you're like, whenever I get something new, uh, it's generally different. I don't usually get something that's the same as something I already have. I have a couple crossovers, but for the most part, I try to get a guitar that covers ground that I don't already have covered. And you you will make the joke like, but it's not a Telecaster though.
0: <laughs> I do <laughs> joke about that.
1: <laughs> and, yeah. it, and it's, I know you're joking, but like for real, the reason I do that is because it keeps me like if it, I'm a Les Paul guy and I could, I could probably play Les Paul's forever and be completely content, but it doesn't do what you're talking about. Like when you get a new guitar, that's completely different and it lights that little spark. It's like ooh, like a three thirty five and a Telecaster, outside of being six string guitars, couldn't be more different. Yeah, as in as far as instruments go, and so like it's that difference that that sparks things for me. And you know maybe there's a guitar I haven't played in a while, and I pick it up and I'm like ooh, I forgot I love this one because it does this thing, and that the variety in guitars is what it's not just the variety in sounds, it's also the variety in inspiration that I think is really important.
2: Yeah, it, you you hit it. It is the gift that keeps on giving. Absolutely, no doubt. That's why this hobby keeps us like
0: going back over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's. I mean, when you build effects and whenever you design effects, and therefore you're. I literally buy batches of pedals every week just to see what people are doing. And uh, so, I mean, it's not as exciting for me to buy a pedal anymore, but getting this guitar, it's like, ah, like I had kind of forgotten. Like this is, this is what, this is why we do it. This is, it's because it, it makes me, uh, man, I have a new, just a complete new appreciation for it now. And then when you're done, you can smash them. And then when I'm done, <laughs> I need to find a monitor with fireworks in it and smash it. Yeah,
1: that's right. Why not?
0: <laughs> but, uh, I should probably do an updated video about my, uh, being able to throw a guitar over my shoulder again oh no I even oh get that no are you sure i've sure? got some st- i someone sent me some strap locks
2: uh because that video. someone about 400 people <laughs> about
0: well yeah i mean actually have a lot of strap locks now oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah multiples of strap locks it's so, so funny
1: to see that in like random compilations of guitar fails i'm like hey i know that guy
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes
2: you're never living this one down ever brian
0: that's my claim to fame when when i'm when i'm like 80 my kids (laughs) would be like papa was that you doing that
1: (laughs) (laughs) i i forgot i even put it in a video uh myself when i i said something about like i think it was maybe like my YouTube trailer that I made. I can't remember. It was like something where I was kind of introducing myself and I referenced the Chasing Tone podcast. And I was like, I also do the Chasing Tone podcast with Brian Wampler every week. And then I showed cut, uh, just a cut real quick to the, not the normal angle, but like the side angle of you dropping the guitar.
2: (laughs) Oh, the director's cut. Nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to show the, the, you know, normie version. I gotta show the, the deep cut right. angle.
0: Right. <laughs> You've got the B roll of it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh.
1: Good times. Good mm. times. Well boys, I gotta take uh, off.
0: I was gonna say this has been an hour long, hour long episode this week. We did good, boys.
1: Yeah. We, we did good. we didn't even
2: talk about Universal audio pedals or the new super expensive uh,
1: Epiphone Acoustics. So we'll save that for another
0: time. We'll save that for next week. Well, yeah, we
1: need some. We might not have anybody smashing a guitar on TV this week to talk about next week. That's so right. We'll save some stuff.
0: Put that in your pocket for next time. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye bye. All right. Thanks for listening to the Chasing Tone podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com. Uh, that goes straight to me. To email Blake email info at com and Richard is richard at com. if you like this podcast make sure to share it with your friends and others who might like it if you like to show your support for the show the simplest and free way to do that is just simply to share this with a friend uh, maybe leave a review and a rating wherever you normally get your podcast make sure to check out Blake's podcast called the tone mob uh, you can it's a great one as well and make sure to check out wampler pedals that's our website for blogs videos and of course Our little toneful gadgets, our little pedals and and amplifier. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.